All right. Nichols, I'm Jake Smith. I'm Darren, and today we have a guest, everybody. Yeah, Darren, I noticed that you look different. You don't look like a piece of shit today. You look like you I still don't have look a like beard, a... and you still have hair, but you look different to me. You got like a purple shirt on, you look so... but you don't look as ugly as usual. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm beautiful. I'm the different piece of shit. My name is Julian Hemmendinger. Very happy to be here to snickle with you guys. Um, Julian is a very funny man. He's an improviser. Uh, he's dipping his toes into stand-up, uh, from what I hear, which is fantastic, because he's a very well, funny guy. give us a joke. <laughs> don't, uh, don't do that. I, I got some in my pocket. Uh, I, I've, I've learned don't. to memorize them, but I can't guarantee that it'll be funny, don't, but I'll tell you Don't one. give, don't, don't no, give him no, what he I, wants. I'll humor him, the stranger <laughs> who I just met five minutes ago. I, I, I will humor him. Um, the other day... Uh, walking down the street, I saw a sign for a missing bird. Have you ever seen a more pointless use of a piece of paper? <laughs> there you go. That's all you got. That one was just 50 there you cents. Go. Thank you. I was, I was just joking because that's what people say when you tell them that you're a comedian. They're like, let's hear a joke then. <laughs> and you're like, I, I'm in the, the back of your time. lift right now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, this one girl I was working with was like, you're a comedian, you're not even funny, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I know, and then she, she was like, uh, tell me a joke, and I was like, I really don't want to, and then someone came up and was like, you don't fucking tell a comedian to tell a joke, and she started laughing, she's like, oh, I know, I know, like, why, and she's like, the guy was like, you didn't know, you don't know that that's etiquette, and she's like, no, I knew, and then she just kept trying to play it off. So uh, you got nagged into telling a joke. I, well, I didn't. Julian just did, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I stand she by my choice. She you. <laughs> I know, I'm um, always weird with titles. Like, it took me a long time when I was in college to accept, like, okay, it's not weird to call myself an artist. I'm a pretentious filmmaker. It's okay. Oh, yeah. So I still and, haven't embraced comedian yet. I feel like that's, that's too big a title for me. I don't deserve that, at least yet. Yeah, I mean, I, like, yeah, I, you know, I make a bowl of cereal every day. I don't call myself a chef, you know? Like, I'm not ready for that. I am a chef. I know that I am, but I'm not ready to take that leap and that commitment yet. Um, Darren, you're making yourself a bowl of cereal every single day? <laughs> yeah, every every single day. I got one right here. <laughs> what, was uh, what was in that bowl? Uh, cookie crisp. Are we allowed to say that? We're not getting monetized on this, so that's, we can say whatever. That's how you have a balanced breakfast. Yeah, cookies and crisp. That's the two <laughs> major food groups. <laughs> it's like chili and such. Uh, I love chili, but I want to know what kind of such you have. Um, show me the such is what uh, in the words of Tom Cruise. Is that um, something he said? Yeah, Jerry Maguire. You ever seen that movie? Oh. Rin <laughs> He's like, a, Show me the such! He said that. <laughs> um, 
Jake, let's let's go right down the line. I'm I I know our Google Hangouts uh, screens are different, but mine starts with Jake. So Jake, how you doing this week? What what'd you do this week, man? I I'm good. I actually uh so I think that people liked in our last episode so much when I gave my view on things. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, you know, actually I have something I'm going to I'm going to tell you a, a good anecdote first and then I'm going to bring up one of my classic Jake's takes that we do every episode. <laughs> uh, I've been feeling okay. like a piece of shit and like the more that we talk about free solo, I was like, "You know what? I should work out a little bit." So I got one of those like pull-up bars that you put in your door, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I got that and the only place it worked was in my closet. So I'm in there and I'm just like, I'm doing a couple pull-ups. I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I pull myself up and I hear a crunching noise. And then I lower myself down and glass just falls to the ground. <laughs> I shattered a light bulb with my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is I was wearing like a beanie at the time. But I, like, I still, and now I don't know if I put, like, do I put a new light bulb in there and just be careful? Or do I just have a dark closet? I don't know what the... Or do I put a light bulb in and then take it out every time I want to work out? Whatever How big you is your light bulb? Hopefully it'll be a bright idea. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it's weird to have someone funny on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, the worst idea of that was that you thought about working out. Like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> and it's funny that Solo inspired any good in someone's life. No, Free Solo. Such shit. Oh, Free Solo. Oh, never mind. Yeah, Free Solo is the sequel where he goes to jail and they have to get him out. It's like a, it's got Medea in it. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I gotta check that one out. I, I assume that was on your previous episode. You guys like made a sequel to Solo that was way better than the original. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a documentary. Yeah. It's pretty oh, good. Oh, is that wait? Is that the one uh, about the free climber? Yeah, the rock climber. Yeah, one yes. of my friends was telling me that that was one of his favorite movies this year. Or yeah, last it was year. It, pretty incredible. We gave it very high praise on this show. I think we hailed it as, like, the best documentary either of us has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> really? Have you guys ever seen Exit Through the Gift Shop? Yes. Because we ha- well, Jake, have you? I haven't seen it. Okay, well, you're missing out on one of the most incredible pieces of art in the world. And I call it a piece of art because <clears throat> there's footage in that movie of all these street artists doing their thing, you know, spray painting these walls, painting the ground. And doing all these neat things that just gets destroyed the next day because it's a crime. But it gets captured on this camera. Like, there's stuff in there, dude. Like, there's this Parisian artist. He paints shadows with white paint. Like, the outlines of it. And, like, hearing them talk about all these different things. I mean, Exit Through the Gift Shop is about much more than that. But that, highly, highly recommend. I watched that many, many times in college. Oh yeah, that movie's great. It's uh, yeah, it's it's like an art film. It's basically yeah, it's an art film documentary essentially. It's like and uh, some people argue, like some people being me, that it's like a real life found footage movie. Like, is that all real, or did they fake this over all this time? Because this dude's weird, and he films everything around him, so you don't know if it's all set up or it's just unmatched brilliance. Well, that's the thing about Banksy, because didn't Banksy, uh, Banksy made it, right? Banksy directed it. The thing is, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, but the guy who calls himself now Mr. Brainwash, he 
he, like, went through some trauma in his life, and he started becoming weird, where he didn't want to forget things, so he just started carrying a video camera, and he'd film everything, and he didn't have a focus, and this is what the documentary talks about, there's a lot of different shit, but then he discovers street art, and he starts to focus on it, and at certain points in the movie, they talk about how he tried to make a movie called Life Remote Control, and it was just, like, him grabbing random cassettes from, like, all over his apartment, because, like, there were thousands of them, and he just made some bullshit, and Banksy was like, you know, I got, I got some free time. Why don't you send me your clips, and uh, I'll take a look, and maybe I can do something with it. And he made exit through the gift shop with it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Everything, yeah, everything with Banksy, I, I always question if he, uh, I mean, I know there's realism in it, like he's actually doing it, but like, uh, he's uh, he seems to be more calculated than people give. Well, he or them or she, whoever the fuck thinks. Yeah, it's kind of like Shakespeare, point. right? You don't know if it's one guy, you don't know if it's a woman, or you don't know if it's a dozen guys. <laughs> Wait, Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah, dude, that was something in high school. Like yeah. I remember, like the English teacher talked about that. Like Shakespeare could have been a woman because you know women, pff, women can't write. Like how dare they pick up the quill? You know, like it, it could have been a group of people too. Like there's there's so many theories about different people, but Banksy is up there for that for sure. Oh yeah, uh, Banksy's everyone's favorite prankster. I would say they should call him Pranksy if you ask me. Um, he definitely is a pretty brilliant troll. Like the way that did you guys hear the last thing that Banksy did, where he, where he shredded? Yeah, he took a print out of his yeah. famous like uh, heart balloon and then he had it shred right as they sold it. Half, oh yeah, halfway, which is fucking nuts. That means that someone in attendance there or maybe not even in the building but watching from afar was ba- was affiliated with Banksy in some way oh yeah uh, at least because that would mean that like that was a remote the remote controlled thing that they probably just like press a little button on so if you look at the tapes <laughs> look at the tapes you can see somebody click a little button you know we, we haven't found them yet but it'll happen relax Darren's been working on this yeah months. i've been working on this for fucking even before it happened yeah and i was just <laughs> fucked up i put the i put my camera in the wrong spot in the in the area and didn't uh pick up anybody in the actual building i was in the wrong building basically the camera was in the wrong building and i fucked up because they changed it at the last minute but i'm gonna find out who this fucker is uh, I was gonna say, like, relax, put away the spool of red string. Like, we, we see, we see the plan. Like, we see it. I think that Banksy is more just—he has a crew, but it's one dude. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's—I think it's like—I um, think it's a Tyler Durden type deal, where um, <laughs> he's got people locked up in a fucking abandoned house, fucking planting vegetables and shit. And oh yeah, if you look at Fight Club <laughs> and you compare it to Banksy, it's the same thing. It's the same fucking thing. Can I tell you my guess? Yeah. Macaulay Culkin. You think Banksy is Macaulay Culkin? I think so. Yeah. Man, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, I, I got opinions about that guy. Ever since I watched, and it's funny, that's like a really good segue into one of the things I wanted to bring up, but man, I got opinions about him after watching Leaving Neverland. Because... He, he really is, like, sticking to his guns when, like, the guns are kind of pointed at him right now. We, hey, well, hold off on leaving Neverland for a sec. We'll get to movies in a bit. Um, but 
what uh, what are what are your haps for for the week, Julian? Um, looking for work, a lot of writing. Uh, I, I do this open mic once a week at least, and I try to hit other mics like at Flappers or. I went to the haha one time. That was kind of ha 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 sad. Like you know, like I think they call it ha ha like separately because it's not ha ha. It's ha ha. Yeah. This is pretty. Uh, this is something. Well, I mean, I've <clears throat> L.A. is a weird town because uh, it, it seems like all the open mics here are like pay to play. When you know, I'm from a city where it was free open mics everywhere you go. And it's weird because in I'm from Denver and like in Denver, those free mics seem to have very talented comedians most of the time yeah. that like everybody seemed to know. And it was a really good community there. And here it's like everybody and their mother does stand up and like <laughs> those pay to play open mics are often like re- really, really bad. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, it's good bad that... is the right word. I think it's more of, like, they're a crapshoot. Because you don't yeah. know what you're going to get. Like, diamonds can fall through or, like, just actual garbage. Like, it's really interesting as someone, like... Because I feel weird criticizing when I see people's, like, you know, content. Because, like, I suck, you know? Like, I'm, I'm brand new at it. But man, <laughs> when I see people go up there and tell these very specific rape jokes and where the punchline is... And then I raped her. It's like, dude, what are you doing right now, man? Like, this isn't time yeah. for your fan fiction. Yeah, there's like, uh, there's a lot of people. I like, I, I commend anybody new who's trying to get into stand up and everything. Maybe your writing will find its way at some point. I, I can't say that I have found my f- exact formula even at this point. And, you know, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. And, uh, like, yeah, like, it, everybody molds into it. And that just means that, like, when you start out, you're gonna fucking suck, you know? Like, there's very few comedians I can think of. There are comedians who have that gift who are just, like, naturally hilarious. Dane Cook, Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos <the> Mencia. <laughs> <laughs> um... Dane Cook is, I mean, Dane Cook's pretty, like, Dane dude, Cook I can't, I can't a, knock Dane Cook. You can. Because, like, you can. I mean, I can now, but, like, dude, Dane Cook shaped me when I was in middle school. Like, that was my favorite fucking comedian when I was in middle school. I, can I think get he's that. everyone's favorite comedian in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> dude, he was. He was, like, the king of the fucking world in comedy in that era, like, 2000. 2007, 2008, Dane Cook was like the shit, dude. Yeah, but you got to think about it. It was post 9/11. We were all desperate for laughs, you know. And Dane Cook just happened to be there with his faux hawk, and we're like, look at that guy's hair. Kind of looks like an ostrich. What does he have to say? Like he had like a good storyteller, but he's been accused so many times of stealing jokes. Where it's like, "Mm, shame on you. He had, like, he had the just the right amount of ADHD where he could still, like, play it off and be pretty cool, but um, uh, he just, like, still had a lot of energy. And I think a lot of the younger kids who really liked, like, monster and rock star energy and just played Halo all day, like me, um, they connected <laughs> to that. And, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, that's why Dane Cook was just, like, I, I would just listen to him on 
just all the time. I would, I would like repeat listen to his jokes in on the same trip in a car, and it was just like, dude's the funniest dude. But then I got older, and I was like, uh, it's not as funny anymore. Um, I don't know. I can't knock Dane Cook. He's still active. He's still an active comedian, and he's still he's killing definitely it. Definitely like, still active. Like, yeah, Darren. If you knock him, he's gonna hear what you said on this podcast. Then he's gonna keep you off of shows. I mean, dude, no. it's like the Oscars. We can't ever win an Oscar if we keep knocking the Oscars. Man, fuck the Oscars. That shit is so <laughs> whack, especially this year. Like they should feel fucking shame. Like there's a bunch of things in the Oscars history that they should feel shame for. But this year especially, like, I'll never forget seeing Quentin Tarantino win Best Original Screenplay for fucking Django Unchained. What a fucking travesty for art everywhere. I, uh, I, I think every other year the Oscars, um, seem, like, I get, ex- I wasn't that excited about the Oscars this year, but I think every other year I get, like, they have a pretty exciting show and they pull off whatever publicity stunts they will like oh it was moonlight actually um or something like that you think that, was that on makes purpose? it more exciting what's that you think that was on purpose like, i don't know why it would scripted? be um i mean it would actually i do know why it would be because like people everyone talked about it everyone talked about it they wanted to be talked about so like like it's warren Beatty when he when he it's, was like it's like their way of saying no look we gave it to the black people <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, everyone on Earth knows yes. that they gave it to the black people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I never thought of it that way, but that's such a good point. Like they are always trying to like look not racist and like. <laughs> I mean, it's more like they just acknowledge they're like, "Oh, we look racist. Maybe we should not do it this way." But to me, man, it's the Oscars. Like the, the older I get, the more they just seem like they're going just downhill. Like, there's just all these so many movies that don't get acknowledged. It's so political. And this year especially, man, it just showed that if you have the richest dick, you can flop that shit on a table and everyone will beg you for a lick. Like, dude, Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> should not have been even nominated. Like, I, I did a bit on stand-up for, like, on stage for a while about it. Like, I just couldn't help myself. I had to talk about it. Because it, it just made me angry. It's a bad movie. Like, people just need to be able to separate their love of amazing music, which everyone loves Queen, me included, but the movie sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we we did talk about Bohemian Rhapsody on this show. We, uh, we said it was... I mean, I think the consensus on this show is that, like, we like the performances and, every, like, the recreated performances, but, like, as a story, it was, like, pretty, pretty run-of-the-mill. Like... It makes Mills look know. generic. <laughs> But yeah, like, well, Jake and I were both mad because I think wasn't both we had the both we both had the same number one movie of the year, right, Jake? We both had eighth grade, correct? Yeah, that's true. Wow, I haven't seen eighth grade, and it wasn't nominated for a single. It it won the Writers Guild of America award for best original screenplay, but then the Academy was like, no, let's not even nominate it. Not even for anything. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That's, I mean, that's how I feel about like some of my favorite movies. Like my favorite movie of the year, I knew that wasn't going to get a nomination because it's a genre film. But my favorite movie was uh, Upgrade. I don't know if you guys saw it. Was fucking blown. Oh up. yeah, we saw Upgrade. Yeah, I, I liked Upgrade. I, I, oh yeah, G- yeah. I think that that is like highly, highly underrated. It's Venom. If it didn't suck. And that movie costs $3 million and looks like a $50 million movie. It's so fucking impressive. But it really is. 
It really is Venom. <laughs> it's like it's basically thing. Venom with like good uh Writing. good <laughs> psychological plot points, yeah. <laughs> but like of movies that should have gotten nominated. Like I think last year is a better example. Did you guys see this movie called uh, Good Time? Yeah, like yeah. No. I love Good Time. It's, it's You haven't seen Good Time, Jake? No. Put that at the top of your list cuz all the movies last year that were nominated, they kind of, you know, spoke for some voice out there. Like, you know, Three Billboards was like, you know, The Battered Woman, you know. And, I, uh, what's it called? Moonlight was like gay rights and like black rights, you know. And something like Good Times, like, man, that, that just got the shaft. And that was talking about the mentally handicapped who never get a voice. And I just thought, like, man, this movie is so elegant at the same time of being very new school and fresh, and they totally, totally let it go by the wayside. It was an incredible I, movie. I would agree with that, but I think, yeah, I think that's the type of movie that the Academy gets very afraid to nominate because it's it's a little bit, that movie's a little bit experimental at, at some points. It's, like, very weird. It, it kind of almost resembles, like, a Harmony Korine type of movie where In a way, I it's think super it's, stylized. I think it's more grounded than a Harmony Korine movie, but yes, at least it's new stuff. But I can definitely see a comparison to something like Kids. Absolutely. Like, that's a yeah. great comparison for sure. Yeah, but I, I loved Good Time. That was that was one of my I don't I don't think I saw it the same year it came out, but that was one of my favorites the year I saw it. But it was it was great. Talking about like last year though, the one movie that I think got the shaft hardest, I guess it's two and I can't even like split them because it's uh sorry to bother you and uh, blind uh blind spotting. Blind spotting? Yeah. I haven't seen blind spotting, but I've, I've seen, seen sorry either. to bother you. I mean sorry to bother you, I get it. Some people don't like it because it gets weird. But just for context, guys, I made a movie called Monkey with a Gun that was a statement about what happened to Trayvon Martin. And I played George Zimmer Monkey. So you kind of have the idea of where I'm coming <laughs> with things. And, and that movie, I think it's just like, it's like, yo, look at my fucking dick. Bah! Pumped you in the face. Like, it's like, look at this message. I have something to say. This is fucking important. Shut up. And I think yeah. blind spotting is similar in that way, but it's it's more elegant. I think that that really got the shaft. Like, yo, I saw Black Klansman. It's okay. It's overrated because the ending is really fucking bad. I hate when these things have endings and they just knock the legs from out under them. I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah, I enjoyed Black Klansman. I enjoyed, um, sorry to bother you a lot, didn't see blind spotting, but I remember that when... I think I mentioned this on the episode we talked about. Sorry to bother you, but like that twist kind of made me sick to my stomach. Like, cause it was, I didn't see it fucking coming. It was like a disgusting twist. And yeah, absolutely. it, yeah, it kind of made me sick, but I loved it. It was in a good way. Like when um, that twist happened to me, the, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but definitely go watch it. I think you have spoiled it. You can talk about it. Uh, I, well, yeah, should, kind of. well, does that count Jake? What do you think? Let's go to the, the court of Jake to see if he, he's allowed to spoil it on this episode. Uh, yeah. Go for it. Okay, like... Okay, <laughs> the verdict is in. The, the, the <laughs> scene where, you know, like, it reveals that people are, you know, becoming horses, you know, for like, oh, you get a giant dick and you can get a job. Like, what's better than that? And, like, to me, that was, like, the moment where I was like, is this a prequel to Idiocracy? Like, is... <laughs> like, like these films go so well together. The the commentary that they make is just, it's not subtle because it doesn't need to be because people are fucking stupid, you know. 
and and it just it just yeah. works in every way for me because like the movie at the end for me it literally looks you in the eyes and like sorry to fucking bother you but look at this fucking horse penis okay we got to talk about <laughs> shit you know and, and i think we need movies like that things need to fucking rip the horse dick on the table yeah, it was so bizarre, and I it was really ballsy. That twist was so yeah. ballsy to put into a movie. I mean, that was it was just it was great. And I I mean I'm I'm a I'm pro weird shit in any movie, and that that's I really liked. Who loves any movie where you can see a horse dick? I love I love horse <laughs> dicks. Get these dicks in the movies. I mean, hang dong horses. One of my favorite films of all time, like in my top. Is Jackass Two? Mm, I do love Jackass, but not that. Crank High Voltage also features a horse dick. Oh yeah, I remember seeing Crank High Voltage. I remember I watched that in high school oh, yeah. with like. Uh, so I I recommended it because everybody was it was like a little like kickback or whatever and it was this girl's house and it was like all of her friends and then like three of my friends and it was like one of those parties where like the only reason every like you brought your whole entourage is so that two people can make out and like so i was just like chilling on the ground watching this movie and everyone was like the the girl's house it was was like what movie are we gonna watch and i was like oh let's watch crank 2 high voltage and i was and then they were like sure and i was like oh really are you sure and they were like yeah so they turned it on we watched it and i was like i was like this movie is fucking crazy this is so fucking nuts it's it's more nuts than the first one and they fucking turned it off like three quarters of the way through because they were just like, this movie's so fucking stupid. I can't handle it. Dude, that movie <laughs> has done things that no other movie has done. Like they, the MPAA wasn't watching. They're like, fucking giving it our ratings. But at one point in that movie, not to be gross, they, when they go to the bad guy's estate and, you know, they're making this, they're playing like a weird bubbly music, they're like doing a kaleidoscope effect. And there's a naked chick and they point the camera at her butt and they do do the kaleidoscope effect to create a double butthole, which that is, <laughs> that, that is like so X-rated, like it's fucking nuts, but it's in that movie. And that's, that's not the reason why I love that movie, it may help, but that's just fucking exploitation to the max with really creative filmmakers. Like if you have a good camera style, I think that that would take a movie very far. Style is very important. But not it's definitely ahead of the curb film ahead of the curb style filmmaking i would say it's um a genius form of filmmaking um it's very awesome darren um, what'd you do this week i went to oh yeah death dude, valley cool i went to death valley for like uh um from monday to thursday and do like it was so, I was not expecting it to be that fucking cold, but it was so goddamn cold there. Yeah, it gets cold in the desert at night. So cold. It was insane. And it got super windy, too. And, uh, <clears throat> and, um, so I go up there, I get no cell service. My sister thinks I'm going up there Saturday, but I totally forgot to tell her I went on Monday. So, uh,. I get these texts when I get, like, in little... There's little, like, spots of service in Death Valley. And I get, like, a text, you know, every time I go into little those little spots. And at one point, I get a text from um, 
I got a text from my sister saying, uh, like, is everything good? Are you coming back? How was the trip? And I tried to text <laughs> her back and be like, we're good. We're going to stay a little bit longer. And uh, I had never sent. So um, we go like we go like off road, um, almost like backpacking camping. But we didn't really go. We were like planning to go backpacking, but we just like car camped on this like backcountry road. And, uh, <clears throat> so we like camp for the last day. It was really nice. We come back, like I, I drive back and, uh, as soon as I get into cell service, I just start getting like phone call after voicemail, after text message, after phone call, after text message. Where the fuck are you? What's going on? Dad called search and rescue. Uh, you, I got, a, I got a voicemail from, uh, the, Im, from LA Connection, the improv class saying, Hey, you missed, you've missed two classes in a row now. We're very disappointed in you. We had to cancel the show because of you. And I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> this is crazy. It was like such a good, it was such a juxtaposition because I remember literally the night before when we were out on backcountry camp, like out backcountry camping. We were like listening to music and then we would we pause the music and just like like listen to just it was the most silence I had ever heard in my entire life. There wasn't a, a person Darren. walking what? It's the most silence you've ever heard. Come on. You can hear silence, Jake. Jake, don't get into these, these <laughs> arguments with me. Because this is this is gonna be another like 30 minutes. It's the most silence. I've ever experienced in I my entire what life. You mean. I, I think yeah, I do too. <laughs> but I, there wasn't any. There was no like planes in the sky that we could hear. There were no animals around. There were no people walking close to us. I mean, we were miles away from anybody. Are you talking there were about no cars like, in the? Was this at night? This was at night. Did yes. Did you look at the sky? Yes. And how fucking and it was amazing. It was amazing. We could see everything. It was. I bet you guys can't even see like a single star in LA at night, right? Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I can't even see the clouds right now when I go outside. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much smog. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was amazing, and it was just like such a weird juxta- It was such a horrible juxtaposition of ju- just like just like completely at peace, uh, away from everyone, and like not worrying about anything, and then driving back and immediately getting like where the fuck are you (laughs) (laughs) you fucked me over (laughs) and shit like that that. explains why you didn't reply to the meme i sent you oh i thought it was one that we could relate to oh yeah i saw that one no i know you saw it but you didn't reply to it you didn't laugh or anything (laughs) (laughs) i laughed out loud i just didn't laugh in text because um it was the most I silent laugh loud. I've ever heard. <laughs> all my energy, all my energy was expelled in my lungs and not in my fingers. Um, I like that meme, Jake. That was a good meme. Posted on the page. Um, just credit well, it if you know who made I'll it. I'll put it on this on the Instagram. Did you right make now. it? No, I didn't make it. Are you kidding? Oh, well, that's very good and very relatable. If uh, if you did, um, but you didn't. Well, I just so. okay. I'm posting it on the Instagram. Anyway, I highly recommend Death Valley in the winter. Just bring jackets because it gets really cold. And um, God, it, it was just it was so it was so nice. There's really good hikes there. It's not all desert. It's a it's a, mostly desert. But if you go to the right areas, there's like um, some mountains you can climb. How how far um, from LA is it? 
It's like four or five hours away. Okay, so you want to drive. Um, it's quite a it's quite a drive. I mean, you go through like some country, yeah, some country I, I went parts. This last summer, I had a, a buddy from Israel who came to visit, and he's like, "I went to go see everything. I'm going to Vegas." I was like, "Okay, well, good thing I don't have a job. I guess uh, I'll rent a car because you know you're 21, and you can't rent a car if you're 21." in the United <laughs> States, so I guess I'll do that. Um, just to cut that whole thing short, I actually got, to, I didn't get to go to all the places we wanted to go. We wanted to go there. I saw Zion and stuff, but the, the part of the story that's important that I want to relate to you is when I was looking at uh, the sky, that was because I busted a flat tire in bumfuck Arizona at two hours outside of Vegas because we went to the Grand Canyon. So I have that amazing memory of the stars by the side of the road, hearing things shuffle in the wax. So I never heard that pure silence. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's funny that he came from Israel and you guys went to Zion. There's something there. That's almost a joke. Is there? Tell me about it. Well, Zion is a place in, like, Jerusalem. So. True. Just, it's also uh, the, the city underground in the Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> yeah. Like, the reason we, we ended up there. going there, just because it was the closest, you know, we were trying, like, we were trying to do something crazy. We're like, oh, we'll just wake up at 7 a.m. and, like, drive for, like, six hours over the course of the day. Like, it won't be a big deal. Like, we were, like, try- biting off way more than we could chew. But seeing Zion was pretty amazing. Like, the- those rocks are, there's something else. Yeah. I was looking for a good place to, like, just go and camp and, just free up some stress in California. I hadn't done it yet, so Death Valley was like the perfect, perfect uh, weather temp, per- perfect weather conditions. Because we were originally going to go to Yosemite, yep. but it's blizzarding conditions there and freezing right now, and we didn't want to get trapped in that and die. So <laughs> we chose Death Valley. And it was totally worth it. It was great. Somehow it was a better plan with a more j- dangerous name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We um, should take this opportunity to talk about how shitty search and rescue is in Death Valley National Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the <laughs> way. Your dad called them. And they well, were like, oh. okay. <laughs> so my sister just told me that my dad called them. I'm actually not entirely sure if they were called or not <laughs> because... My sister says he totally did call them, and my dad says, no, I was about to call them, and then, like, on the phone with the sheriff, um, I got a notification from you, and I called it off right there. So, I am still confused about whether or not, but I don't know. Um, The person I went with was like, you shouldn't tell your family at all that you're going because they're not the most rational thinkers. Just tell friends who are going to, like, who you know, would take action if they thought you were missing. You, you want to tell those people rather than your parents. And that's probably a good bit of advice. I mean, you love your family, but they really do worry all the time. Yeah. Uh, Whereas Julian and I, we probably didn't really care. <laughs> we, <laughs> I didn't a know. A couple weeks from now, a couple weeks from now, I would have been like, hey, where's Darren at? I was wondering yeah. where he was uh, uh, <laughs> Tuesday at Improv. I was like, huh, hey, I bet he's lost. Were you there? I, I had to make up another class. Yeah, I was there on Tuesday. Shit. Yeah, they're mad at me. Um, 
the owner called me and he pretty much yelled at me on <laughs> on voicemail <laughs> for not coming. Yeah, like I told I mean I told some I told some of the class that I wasn't gonna show up last Tuesday, like the Tuesday before the one I didn't the last one that just happened. But I didn't tell anybody about I, I don't the want, one that just happened. I, I don't wanna say any names, but like I could think of like four or five people who didn't show up. Like from your group. Like, yeah. There was a lot of he mentioned people, that. and uh, a lot of people didn't show up. It was strange. Yeah, he mentioned that. But anyway, um, that's that. Uh, let's talk about some films. Uh, let's get into movie talk, guys. We're probably a little bit over halfway through here, but let's talk. Let's, uh, what everybody see. I think this might be the first time in like this podcast history that I didn't see anything in the theater. Oh, there's nothing out did right you, now. Next did you week see is when the movies are coming out? Yeah. Did you see anything at uh, all? Yeah, I watched some Netflix? movies at home. That's fine, Jake. I? You you know that's fine. I know, but I'm just saying I'm usually the theater guy. Yeah, you are. I want to make a quick like I don't, I don't think it's news, but I realized this week that the weekend that. Uh, Endgame comes out, there are no other movies coming out. Duh. Yeah. Like, duh. it makes sense, but it's kind of like, has there ever been just one movie that comes out? Like, you'd think that I would, some, like... I would bet that, I don't know exactly what movie it was, but after James Cameron made either Terminator, I wouldn't be surprised if Titanic had nothing to compete with it, but definitely Maybe. after Titanic, whatever he did, like, there was nothing that was going to try and touch that weekend. Like, that'd be I shit. think that that would be the perfect weekend for, like, Sex in the City 3, so that, like, the, the, your mom can go see that movie while you and your buddies go see Endgame. Uh, well, Make them both the same length, start them at the same time. That'd be fucking easy money. Well, I think the thing is, is there's already been a Sex in the City 3. I, I think. I'm not 100% sure on that one. I, think, I don't think so. I'm looking it up. I know there was at least a, se- a sequel. Like, there's there was two, two for sure. But I think they're fighting over money and they're, they haven't made it. Oh. Uh, well, I, I looking, think... Yep, there's only two. Well, there you go. I guess there is room for a third one. But I think that we're at a point where everyone wants to see, you know, Avengers Endgame. Like, so many people were brought in to Infinity War because they saw Black Panther, which was a brilliant marketing thing. Where it's like, oh, T'Challa's going to be in that? Let me just check that out. And I'm curious how going from something that was kind of a letdown, like Captain Marvel, going into Endgame, like how it's going to affect it. Like, I don't think it's going to really affect it that much because only, you know, people who really care or, like, super hardcore boner feminists, you know, want to go see it. But I think that everyone's going to go see Endgame. That's going to definitely break some records. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, and Endgame is its own separate entity. Ever since Infinity War came out, I think everybody was just uh, unconditionally excited for Endgame because it's, it is its own storyline. I mean, you have... Ant-Man and the Wasp that came out, too, and everybody saw it and thought it was and great. Everyone loved but it. It was great. It's a great at, movie. At the, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the movie, everybody was just like, was just like, let's fucking, let's give us Endgame. And then they're yeah. like, well, what about Captain Marvel? And everyone was like, cool, but where's Endgame? <laughs> can can you we know? talk about Captain Marvel? Because I've seen it. Have we all seen it? I'm sure you guys have talked about it already. Yeah, we yeah, talked we about it last episode. episode. If you want to touch, yeah, we can touch on it. Uh... 
what the fuck was up with that movie, man? Like, can, can, can we talk about spoilers just to get into the things that annoyed me? We've already spoiled the whole thing, Dude, yeah. Why? why was an animal the best character? Why was an animal the best written character in that movie? Like... <laughs> I think, um... It was interesting the way it was. Because we... Would, I didn't think it was a, a a bad movie by any means. It just wasn't as exciting as other stuff that Marvel has you know, to offer. Because I mean, the movie likes airplanes so much, I'll use a metaphor of an airplane. That movie was like the nicest airplane you've ever seen, but it never quite got off the ground. It just kind of like went really fast on the ground. Like I never was mad watching it. I was I cringed like once or twice with one of the music choices, like, it just, like, Come As You Are, that's a song about suicide, why, why is that in the movie, like, like, what does that have to do with it, like, I really was reminded of something like Suicide Squad, where it's like, <laughs> look at all these classic tunes, like, take them. Yeah, it's, I mean, well, we, we mentioned that they, it was, it was pretty hit or miss with the, like, the comedy and the structure of it, because it was very, it seemed to be very 90s sitcom-esque. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what it was going for, to be honest, because it was like a period piece about the 90s and everything. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was, we, we I think we classified it as like a mid-tier Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah, we talked about, like, basically, it's just super middle of the road, and I think it suffered a lot from where it was released. If it had been released, like, four years ago, it would have just been, like, another Marvel movie that people liked and then kind of forgot about. But the fact that they decided to release that, like, right before Endgame, everyone's, like, up here. They're, like, yeah, what's going to happen with Thanos and all this shit? And then it's, like, oh, let's, like, go to a different story that you don't care about but the thing isn't, like, particularly well done. The thing just introduce. Me, though, with, the, with the movie is that all these other movies like that we've seen in the series, like their characters are really well developed and established, like relatively quickly. Like there was no moment in in uh, Captain Marvel where I was like, look at her, that is Captain Marvel. But like think of like for example the first Thor movie when he drinks coffee for the first time, he's like, I like this. Another one. Like that's super iconic and that gets so much across to the audience. And I felt that there was nothing like that with Captain Marvel. And I was just, I was very frustrated watching that movie because her character came across as like, I'm a strong woman. Like that movie really feels like it was designed to get thumbs up on YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, Jake mentioned when we talked about it earlier that like, um, well, no, actually this wasn't you that mentioned it, Jake. This was my other friend, uh, Kyle, who I was talking about it with. Um, he mentioned that like, he never thought that Brie Larson in most of her, in like many of her roles ever had a lot of like, um, personality. I don't and agree with that. I think he, that Room is a really brilliant movie and I think that she's incredible in it. She's yeah, a great don't actor. Go, don't go attributing these opinions to me. <laughs> uh, I, I saved it. Um, Darren I just once told me who... that he thought The Godfather was the worst movie ever. Well, here's something uh, <laughs> about me. I've never seen The Godfather, so I can't comment, I guess, but damn. That's fine. Well, we, we hardly Jake told agree me on that he show. thinks... 
uh, Citizen Kane is the worst movie ever made. Not just it's, like an overrated movie. He thinks it is the worst movie of all time. Something that we strongly feel on this show is that you shouldn't shame people who haven't seen certain <clears throat> movies. Because everyone's seen different movies. Everybody's going through some sort of struggle. But Julian, The Godfather? Yeah, I know. I, 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 it's, it's like four hours. Like, I've just never taken the time to watch it. I bet I've seen tons of weird-ass movies that you guys probably haven't even heard of. You know? No, I saw it for the first time last summer. Or, like, the first time all the way through. So I'm just joking. You better. But... <laughs> uh, Darren, what, what are you saying about how boring Brie Larson is and how much you hated her? Uh, that wasn't me. That was my friend Kyle who said that. But he was like, uh, Brie Larson doesn't really have a lot of like personality in a lot of her characters. Well, it's funny because when he mentioned that, I was like, yeah, she doesn't seem to have a lot of personality in a lot of her roles. But you look at her in like press junkets and stuff. And she's like really bubbly and she's like got so much like excitement and personality. It's just weird to see her in movies sometimes. Like Captain Marvel where you're like... She was just kind of, like, reacting to shit. Like, uh, that one line where he's like, so you're a Kree, a group of noble warriors. And she's like, heroes, noble warrior heroes. I was like... That's that's one of those feminist empowerment lines. That's there because it's like, uh, 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 I'm a superhero. But the way she said it was just like... It was just like, she she didn't seem super excited about it, you know? It was just... I, uh, it would work if it was established that she's, like, this super dry character. But, like, she doesn't have that rapport with Nick Fury or anyone. Like, I think it's really to the movie's detriment that they're like, you don't know who this character is, she doesn't know who this character is, Nick Fury doesn't know who this character is. Like, the people who are attacking her don't really know who she is. But you got, you're going to love her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the audience think, doesn't really know who she is either. Yeah. They just <laughs> she doesn't know enough, who she is. <laughs> they just didn't make enough specific character choices about her. There's there's so many, like, I, it was interesting, like, doing some research on her, like, looking it up. Like, Captain Marvel has a really fucked up history. Like, I was listening to another podcast on one of us.net. They did a review of the movie. And... The way that they were talking about her, like, there's a story of Captain Marvel where she met some alien and he impregnated her and she got Stockholm Syndrome. Like, there, there's not a lot of, like, very positive things written about her, so I can understand why they would steer clear from the comic. But she felt like a Tony Stark light without any of the confidence. And it just felt that way because she was written like that, not because she had a character in mind that she was playing, you know? Yeah, and I think, well, Jake makes the the best point is, like, if this came out during when the other origin stories were, like, when, um, you know, when Iron Man came out or um, Thor or Captain America came out, this probably would have done a lot better and probably would have had a lot higher praise. But because, like, you go back to Iron Man. I think it would have been done better because people, like, I think. Marvel takes it for granted now, almost, that, like, people will like it. I feel like back then they would have done more work to make it, to, like, do the things that we're saying this movie doesn't. If they would have done it earlier, like, that's a really interesting prospect because one of the things I was hoping the movie was going to do that it doesn't, I was like, dude, this takes place in the 90s. Like, even if they just show a glimpse of the Hulk in the 90s or something like that, but then I realized, you know, a lot of that stuff was before their time. 
I think if they if they manipulated the timeline, they could have gotten some stuff in there about Tony Stark's dad. They could have like brought in other characters that could have elevated her. But I just think that they straight up didn't write enough of a story for Brie Larson's character. She she felt again like just Tony Stark light. Like they needed more for her to do. Like instead of just like yeah. rattling off these like I don't owe you an explanation. I'm a woman, you know. Like it, it's like I get it. But, like, you need to be a fully rounded character and have a real arc. Like, to me, she came across, like, some people, like, have said, oh, that's not true, but I don't, fuck them. Like, she, she's kind of a Mary Sue. You know, like, she's, she's amazing at everything she does. Like, oh, like, she, the alien fought her back in a fight, but she still was doing amazing shit. Yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned that, like, when she shows up in Endgame, I mean, she's probably... That's that's why they made the movie essentially is for Endgame. Even though they're not connected until like the mid credits, those movies are not connected at all. But the the only reason well, they I mean, made Nick Fury. Well, okay, yeah, and Nick Fury, but <laughs> uh, like she, it's really like the, the the biggest reason they made that movie is for Endgame because she's essentially going to be. They wanted to establish that she is pretty much the most powerful hero that they've made aside from maybe thor and like uh she may be like they, they wanted that so that we're familiar with her by the time the end game comes out so they could write that into the story which you know good on them for for you know taking a it's not really taking a risk this was probably the least risky marvel movie that we've had they almost um, took a risk though did you know that they almost didn't even do the movie they almost were just like, fuck it, we'll, we'll just introduce her, like, at the very beginning. And honestly, after seeing the movie, it, it feels that way. It feels like this was forced in, because there's not, to me, like, there's some stuff in Captain Marvel that I straight up hate. Like, in full-on spoilers, dude, I thought that Nick Fury was the best part, and they built up so much him losing his eye, and then when it was, like, literally like, ha, 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 the cat scratches his eye. He's still like, ha, ha, ha. It's like, um, uh, that's it? Like, you're going to take this super significant element about this character and make it a really lame joke that really missed the mark? It's like, this makes no sense to me. Like, you're starting to make the, the whole thing, like, more flimsy. That was about our sentiments exactly when we talked about how he lost his eye. It was, yeah, it was really, uh... Kind of, it was kind of lame how they did that. It, it, it didn't really serve any purpose. It made no sense, story. dude. If, like, I told that to my friend who hasn't seen the movie. He's like, dude, if that cat did that to me, I would fucking choke it. I would fucking kill it. <laughs> and I think he was kidding. And, like, at the same time, if he did that, the alien that is the cat would probably eat him. But, like, yeah. but it just, I don't know. I got more from the relationship of... Nick Fury and that cat than I did of Brie Larson and her supposed girlfriend and all that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did like the, I did like the cat. I, I thought that was pretty funny when it had, The like, cat was the best stuff. character. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that part of it. Uh, I thought it was like, it was a good chuckle when they made, like, if you think about it, because you are expecting Nick Fury to have a big emotional moment, so it's like a chuckle, but it's also a bummer that that's all it was, and, like, they knew that that's what people were, like, expecting to see, is, like, how did he lose his eye? And to see it like that is just kind of like, uh... Because it begs uh, the question, have you guys seen the memes 
like where they show uh, Thanos' face and there's a claw coming down. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, Dude. no. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like build up this fucking universe for ten years and then introduce a cat in the movie right before the end and then have a cat take out the bad guy. Like, do you know how unsatisfying that would be if the, all those tentacles come out and just eats Thanos? Like, that'll be like, wow. <laughs> Really glad I, I mean, you know, waited Isn't that going to do is that? Isn't that much different than them being like, now Captain Marvel's the strongest one and she can stop it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. They're not going to do, they're not going to leave the cat the hero. I don't know. Anyway. We've talked about, we've talked about Captain Marvel for Captain too Marvel, long Captain Marvel, 9 out of 10. <laughs> the last thing Marvel, if you guys want, if you want to send us a screener of Endgame, we love your, we love your stuff. Uh, uh, Marvel, I'm dying. I don't know if I'll make it to the theater uh, before I die. So please send me a screener of Endgame. Uh, can I say one last thing about it? Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm a part of like this this film nerd group. It's called the Children of the Toast. It's a group of fans of the website Double Toasted. And someone posted on there a clip of Brie Larson dancing, like the scene where she has the tubes on her arms and legs. Um, and she's dancing, like, with all of them, they're all dancing. I was like, wow, she's showing more personality in the behind the scenes than she did in the entirety of the movie. And I got a couple of angry reactions, but what makes it funny is someone replied going, uh, that's the stunt double. So I, I took it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darren, I mean, yes. We agreed that that was the last thing. You That's true. Yeah, I can't. I can't go on another tangent. We got. We're about <laughs> <movie now. laughs> um, I saw. Um, I saw the Little Hours on Netflix. I've been wanting to watch it for a while. Oh, that's the one with Aubrey Plaza and. It's got a pretty jam-packed cast of comedians. Yeah, uh, the comedians. You got... nuns, right? Sort of. Well, they're not really stoners. They're just very uncharacteristically rude nuns who are very opinionated. It's pr- it's pretty funny. Fucking weird movie, though. Really weird movie. I mean, it's good to... That is, like, the perfect movie to, like, smoke a, smoke a bowl and Brie watch. Allison Brie is who I was thinking of. I assume. Allison Brie is in it. <clears throat> Allison Brie is in it. Um, I love Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza is an amazing actress. I'm such a fan of hers. Have you guys, She's really funny in this movie. Have you guys seen Ingrid Goes West? Like, wow. yes, I've seen I've seen Ingrid Goes West. Yeah, she's she's incredible in that. She that's a really good movie too, and that's that's got like a good social commentary. I mean, Little Hours sort of does too. Uh, not in the same vein as that, but um, it's just it's it's interesting because like yeah, it's like such crude comedy coming from the nuns, and like for a little bit, I was worried that that was what they were gonna play the entire all of the jokes on is just like oh look at these nuns saying these crude things and for a little bit i was like okay that's funny but then they kind of change it up um dave franco's in it nick offerman uh john c Riley, molly shannon kate masucci john gabris um like a lot of a lot of comedians and it's a it's obviously a period piece and uh it was like really filthy it's like a very filthy movie the premise of the movie is that um dave franco's character gets caught sleeping with a king's wife and he has to flee that town um or else he'll get killed and then he he runs into this priest 
who is like losing all of his clothes and then the priest ha- then the priest takes him under his wing and is like come work for our uh town and when Dave Franco goes to that when Dave Franco's character goes to the town he has to act like a he's deaf and mute and then all of the nuns basically want to fuck him that's the, that's essentially the the plot of the movie uh pretty relatable it's <laughs> yeah it's just it's a super bizarre movie, but uh, yeah, there's a couple twists and turns in there. Since you guys haven't seen it, I won't say anything. But um, Dave Franco y- turns into a horse man. <laughs> <laughs> now I got a fool. Uh, that would be awesome, and I'm I will not confirm nor deny whether or not he does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's worth a watch. It's on Netflix right now, I believe. That's how I watched it. It's and a Netflix original, isn't it? I don't think so. Yeah, I, think it, really? I don't I think, think it's it no. It's not. Oh, it it was in. It did a theater run for a while. Uh, it's I like. It's either made by a weird American or a European. Is my, I don't know who who directed it. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna look up his name, but or her's name. It could. I think it actually might have been a woman who directed it. Uh, let me look it up. It is Jeff Baina. I don't know if he's American or not. I've never heard of him. Oh, he's born in Miami. So, yeah, I think he's just a weird American. Oh, he also made Joshi, which I've heard is a good movie, um, with Thomas Middleditch. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's really, it's a lot of really good improvisers, and they just, like, shoot the shit. That's essentially the excuse for the movie. It's, like, 20th century um, improvising. and Just, like, this show some would say yeah or no not 20th century that's it's like it's like 17th century improvisation uh so like shakespeare improv almost yeah almost (laughs) there's a really funny scene about how dave franco is describing what he did to the priest like what he did to the king's wife he's he's describing it to the priest and like what he was like he was like in, convinced into doing uh it, it was really fucking funny um i don't know so yeah to sum it up i'd probably give little hours a uh, a solid seven out of ten probably okay. a seven i've been wanting to watch it so maybe i'll check it out yeah how long is that movie it's like it's about an hour, hour and a half 30. okay because i feel like i yeah. was gonna watch it i was like oh this is two hours no you don't get that extra <laughs> hour um, no 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 <laughs> yeah, it's about an hour and a half. It's not super long. It's Darren, enjoyable, though. Yes. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just remembered I did see a movie in the theater that we haven't talked about. On the oh, show. okay. <laughs> so, still the theater boy, King Theater. Yeah. I saw Climax, Gaspar okay. Noe's new movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> it is fucking crazy. It's, it's a super simple movie. It's just like, I think it's 20 people go to this school where they're going to just like dance for three days and they're just gonna like do a workshop and it's all just on the last night they like perform their big dance and then they're having like a party to celebrate and someone spikes the punch and the rest of the movie which is like i'd say it's like the last hour of the movie probably is just like a crazy acid trip that this the characters are going, are going on, on and it feels, feels like, like you are going on. This sounds like Suspiria. 
It yeah, it's inspired by Suspiria. Sounds like for it. sure. Is it they're, really? Uh, yeah, there's at the beginning they're like interviewing all the dancers and there's like it's a it's a really it's actually a really cool shot. It's a TV surrounded by like books and movies and there's like a there's Suspiria. I think there's like The Exorcist. There's a bunch of like old horror movies and like old books. There's like Kafka books, all sorts of just crazy shit. But the yeah, I think it's Metamorphosis. But it's just it's it's just a fucking wild ride, and I would recommend seeing it in the theater if you, that's the sort of thing you're into. It's not like it's definitely not a traditional movie. The script is like five pages long, I think. Sick. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. I'd give it like eight and a half out of ten, maybe. Damn, just, high that's like, yeah, that was pretty yeah. high praise. Just because, like, the whole time I was just fucking gripped, and it did some really interesting things. It did some really cool, like, fifteen-minute-long shots of like just going through this whole building and like all this crazy shits happening. If it's showing around you, I'd recommend checking it out. Um, it's a horror, right? Yeah, it's... Sounds like a thriller. Did you... I can't remember. I know we talked about it. Did you see Suspiria, Jake? I did see Suspiria. I haven't seen the remake. I've watched the original several times. The remake is a trip. It's... Yeah. Very... It's it's a very similar feel to that. Like, I wouldn't say Suspiria is really a horror movie, because I... Have you guys, the end like is pretty unsettling. Have you guys seen the original Suspiria? Yeah. yeah. And I, I haven't say, seen the original. Okay, that is definitely a horror film. Like that is yeah. like that inspired like not to spoil the original Suspiria, but I I'm convinced that the original Suspiria inspired things like Saw. Like there are just certain visuals in there. It's like that's sure. the same thing. How, yeah. How did you see? Uh, Green Room? I almost said Green Book. Uh, I did see <laughs> Green Room. I, it didn't, like, leave me, like, that impressed, honestly. It just has, like, it has, like, a similar feel to some parts of Green Room, which I, I don't think Green Room is a horror movie. I think there's, like, a lot of tension throughout it. Has that... But it doesn't, has, it doesn't have that same horror, f- like, a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it has that feeling of, like, a bottle film. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. That, that, that's definitely, I mean, thriller and horror, like, they almost go hand in hand. Like, there's certain sure. people who, like, I, I've recommended The Babadook to them. They're like, dude, I don't like horror movies. But then they watch it. They're like, that was a great psychological thriller. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking horrifying, which makes it a horror film. So I think those genres really blend together well. And plus, you can't make successfully a, a genre film that's especially horror that's just leaning on that one genre. Like, it has to be, like, two things. For sure. Yeah. I'd say it's just like a it's just a crazy dance movie, which is becoming its own genre apparently. Hey man, when, crazy I, was, dance when movie. I was studying film, I realized that it's all about just capturing movement and putting that within the frame in a very interesting way. And dancing is the most basic form of movement that can be like fucking riveting, you know? So I it sounds interesting. It's definitely something I'd check out, but I'm broke, so I'm saving my money for <laughs> They've got people who do like crazy pop and lock dancing which so you see that at the beginning and then it pays off really well when they're like on this crazy trip and then like the power goes out so there's like this red light that comes on like an emergency light Mm -hmm. and these people are just doing like these crazy contortions with their body it's just like super unsettling that is cool 
That's what I'm good at. That's what I work on all the time is popping and locking. And <laughs> dropping it. Uh, and crazily contorting my body and basically just becoming possessed. Yeah, that's why a podcast is the worst medium for you. That's why Darren's yeah. so uninteresting on the show. It's, yeah, that's why I'm the worst. <laughs> I've been popping and locking it. The, the, the listeners don't know this, but I've been popping and locking this entire time. Yes. And just nobody's been saying anything about my fucking skills. <laughs> and the mic so. has picked up none of the movement. It's fucking crazy. That's how you know I'm doing it right is when <laughs> <laughs> you can't even hear it because I'm so stealthy about and it. For those That's how I sneak in to steal jewelry. I pop and lock it all the way into the jewelry store and then I like yank it and then I pop and lock out of it too. <laughs> I'm basically like it's mimery mixed with pop and locking. And for those listening, so go. Dan said that with his knee behind his head. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yeah. Darren. Darren, is there a rope in that room that you're pulling on? <laughs> uh, you would think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's just my pop and locking. It's cool. Um, <clears throat> uh, Julian, what movie did, did you? You said you saw you saw a movie well, I, as well. I said that you know I watched Leaving Neverland last week, but I realized I watched something okay. last night that was way more interesting to talk about. That would be more fun to spoil, and maybe you guys have seen uh, it. We'll be the judge of that. Uh, <laughs> have you guys seen the movie Kidnap with Halle Berry? No. No. Jake, what do you? What's the verdict? Unspoiled. Is he talking about leaving Neverland or kidnapped? Oh, <laughs> talk about kidnapped. It, it, well, it's not kidnapped. <laughs> it's kidnapped. Um, okay. This is one of those movies where it's like honestly, like talking about thrillers and horror film. For me, this is like really great fast food trash movie for my mom Halle Berry had a movie that came out in 2017 yeah but for like my mom or something this would be like a fucking horror film like she would not be able to sit through it like imagine a movie where it's like it's a car chase with a mom going after her son and and there, to wait, me, is her son napping? Is that why it's called Kidnap? Because he's asleep? <laughs> uh, they, that, that's for you to find out when you watch it. I, I don't want to spoil Shit. anything. Okay. But honestly, when I was watching it, like, I mean, I was kidding, but like when I saw it, I was like, man, this kind of feels like Twisted Metal, the movie. Because there's some turns in it where they like drive, I'm like, oh shit, like, they they went for it. Like they made like there's a couple smart creative choices in that movie. Like I'm convinced the person who wrote and directed that, like they kinda cracked the code on making one of my favorite things, which is like one of the good bad movies. It's like how do you do that? Make something that sucks in the best way possible. Um, kidnap is that. You're in and out like in an hour and a half and it's it's kinda fun, even though it's really shitty. <laughs> Is it just a car chase the whole time? It's it's not a hundred percent. It becomes an action movie a little bit, but it's I would say three quarters of it is a car chase. Okay. And it's, nice. It's really weird how they play with that dynamic. Like the cars almost have body language the way that they drive. That's what I think is one of the biggest faults about it. Like, if they would have made it more like one of those movies like Faster or Drive where the guy's, like, in love with his car. Like, if Halle Berry would have been in love with her minivan and made me love that minivan, this might have been a classic that I'd have to tell everyone about. 
but it, it's not. <laughs> like, it, I've seen it once now. I bet in theaters with a group of people it would have been a fucking riot, but it's, it's just worth renting. Like, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's worth, like, cracking open a six-pack and watching it with friends, for sure. What's, uh, what's, your, what's your ranking? What's your 10-scale ranking? Like... I don't know. Like, I feel weird ranking movies that are really bad, but I love watching, like, movies like The Room or Venom. We just, we just rate on enjoyment level. It's not, we don't, it's not art. It's, like, just how much you enjoyed it out of ten. Yeah, we're not, yeah, it's, there's no, yeah, we don't have to get too deep. Just how much you liked it. It's, like, it's a solid, like, five out of ten. Nice. Okay. Would you say... Out of ten, would you say if you're having a party where it's a group of guys and a group of girls and two people are gonna make out, it's a good movie to just throw yes. on the TV? Yes. <laughs> because, because it's one of those movies where there's not it's not very dialogue heavy, but there's a lot of stuff that'll make you go, Oh shit, I wouldn't do that or oh shit, look at that. Like it it definitely like it's it's a prime movie, like a Neil Brennan movie, you know, where you're just like, dude, what the fuck are you thinking? And then you just talk to your friends <laughs> about it. It's it's just fascinating stuff. <laughs> Nice. All right. All right. That's awesome. Um, that's perfect. I we're we're like we're just about at it. We're we're just about out at like an hour ten right now, which is yeah. usually what we've been doing for the amount of time here. So we're perfect. Uh, Julian, do you have anything you want to plug? Any shows coming up or anything? Um, I mean, every weekend, LA Connection and Burbank. Google it. Uh. Show up at like uh, ten o'clock and watch me for an hour and uh, do some goofy voices and happy St. Patty's Day to you. Yeah. It is St. Patty's Day. Come see Day. some early morning comedy. Uh, PM. I'm assuming it's ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> no, ten p.m. I mean the show is nine to eleven, but you, you don't need to see the, the, the house team that's been doing it for forty years. They're they're just incredible. Come watch me flounder on stage. <laughs> it's Jake. It's it's uh not ten in the morning. It's night. It's at night. Jake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Darren. I guess Darren did miss a couple improv classes where they taught him to yes and. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, do you have any shows? Co- oh, you do. March third. <laughs> Jake's the, just plugging my shows now. At the fridge hole. Oh, uh, very close. Very close. That's. That's April twentieth at the Fridge Hole. Uh, oh, nice, dude! Four twenty show. Yeah, it's oh yeah. Method Man and Red Man are opening for me. <laughs> it's gonna be so dope. So is it um, a stand-up show or what is it? It is a stand-up show. I'm doing. Uh, it's this the April twentieth one is uh, might be canceled, but uh, the March thirty first <laughs> one um, is going down. Uh, me and uh, another friend of mine, Walter Booth, are on this show. Um, Good friend of the show. Never been on the show, but good friend of the show. Uh, good friend to have uh, at the show. Yeah, good friend uh, that we wish was on the show. But, um, yeah, uh, he and I are going to be on this show at the Ice House on March 31st. Um, the show is at 7, 7 p.m., I believe. That's what I thought um, you were talking about, the fridge. I was like, does he mean the Ice House? Probably. <laughs> Jake loves uh, just bursting <laughs> the bubble, bursting their bubbles. Um, yeah, it's in Pasadena, so um, yeah, if you're listening and you're in the area, 
come see your boy. Uh, slang some jokes around and do the best he possibly can to make you like him. Because all I crave is validation, and that's why I do stand-up. So, can, can I plug check it out. one more thing, the one thing I wanted to plug? No! Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you can. Um, You're going to have to pick. We're going to edit the other one out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I gonna... we, we can just edit Darren's plugs out. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I don't have it, so I can't show it to you guys, but I guess the listeners can't see it anyway. But uh, I'm, I'm not, like, it may come as a surprise, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. Uh, so, <laughs> like, for Halloween, I went as a right-wing nut. And never in my life would I buy a MAGA hat. So I was like, why don't I make my own hat? So uh, after like writing for a few hours, I came up with this idea. And I have a red hat that says, what you say again. So it's a red hat and white letters, what you say again. If you look up on Etsy, what you say again, you will find my hat. Please buy my hat. I don't have a job. That's all I have to say. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. Jake, what do you have to plug? Uh, if you happen to be on the train in Boston, <laughs> you might see me, uh, say hi. Always nice to hear from fans. If you're at, if you're going to the Celtics Nuggets game tomorrow night, two days before this airs, make sure you check, say hi to me. Uh, I, I'm a little worried that it's going to be a nightmare because it's Boston the day after St. Patrick's Day. So it'd be nice to get some recognition. Uh, otherwise... That's all I have. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, Julian. It was a pleasure. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I love doing these types of things. Thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome having you. Yeah. Uh, Should I I do the thing? Yeah, get David Lynch in here and do the thing. Okay. Uh, Julian, you might not know this, but David Lynch is my roommate, and he does our sign-off. Shut the fuck up. So, uh, remember... Dr. Strange New. Bye.